0: Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So, first off, happy fucking new year, y'all. Uh, I personally enjoy celebrating springtime as the new year, but I absolutely do respect uh, January as the beginning of the new calendar year. Um, and for a lot of people, this is the time for your um, resolutions and your goal setting. So I hope that that has been going well. If that is something that you practice, um, and I wish all the best for those goals and resolutions that you guys have set. Um, A goal of mine, first of all, is to actually commit to um, getting on Instagram, if nothing else, just enough to post the prompt for you guys to ask your travel questions. I have been slacking, but this episode at the end, I will be answering some of the the questions that you guys did drop when I did show up and post the prompt. Um, I will be getting back to that. Also coming back is the monthly newsletter. Last Thursday of the month, there is a recap and a giveaway. My favorite part of the newsletter, Real Talk, there are going to be some changes. We'll get into that later. Um, and by later, I mean uh, later in the month. It'll The newsletter comes out the last Thursday of the month, so I will get around to explaining that at a different time. But I will say that my favorite part of the newsletter is that I do a monthly giveaway that supports a previous guest. So, um, I really enjoyed doing that. So if for nothing else, get some free shit, join the newsletter. There's a link in the description box. And this first episode, um, edition episode edition will be, uh, last Thursday of the month, Um, what was the other thing that I had to say? Um, yeah. So the listener questions on Fridays, I dropped the prompt and the last Thursday of the month newsletter. So this week I am, um, tap dancing back to a, I'm not sure how exactly I want to title it, but it's a recurring theme for different episodes and it is weird things about places that I have been. This episode is going to be about Virginia. So what inspired Virginia as being the topic of this episode is I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts which is Crime Junkie. I love a who done it. And that's in the respect to movies television as well. I will watch anything with a detective, I will watch anything with a small town, I will watch anything with an investigation. Something about the um, who did what where and why to whom interesting to me. I really really do um love crime junkie and to me they stand out and I want to definitely um make note to mention it is that they handle everything with a lot of tact and grace, especially considering these are real people's stories, there isn't um, like I have a I love a good rabbit hole. Don't get me wrong. I love a good rabbit hole, but if we're gonna go on a rabbit hole, um, it's respectfully and tastefully done and there's no joking and to me inappropriate banter in the middle of talking about someone's son or daughter who's been murdered, you understand what I'm saying? Um, So Ashley Britt, um, love what y'all do with Crime Junkie and thank you for um, bringing awareness to a lot of these stories. Now, Virginia happens to be a place that I have visited a shit ton of times. Oh, and I mentioned that Crime Junkie inspired this because one of their most recent episodes um, featured a series of killings that happened in Virginia. So pinning that, I have my brain spinning around a true crime travel and shit episode. There are a couple of different ways that I'm seeing it go. Uh, so bear with me on that one, but I am already seeing quite a bit of, um, deep diving and researching for myself on that one, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. So pin, if you are so inclined to follow up with me and, um, see where my head is at and, uh, feel free to add a suggestion as to how you would want it to go. Cause I feel like, with Crime Junkie being like the number one podcast, I say in I'd say Apple Podcasts. I don't want to say like regional regionally or anything, but I feel like they're like the number one um, Apple Podcast kind of period. So I know I'm not the only one that's interested in it. So if that too is your bag, feel free to hit the kid up so that I can make sure that the angle that I take is actually something that you would be interested in as well. Back to the topic at hand, Virginia. So. Um, and if you are new here, the episodes, um, of this nature, weird things about places that I have been is basically me going back and looking up things about some place that I've been before I go there. But like after I've gone there, generally people look up places before they go to see what the lay of the land is. What's, you know, something I'm going to get into. What am I doing? Let's Google. Let's learn a little bit about the place that um, I'm going to. That's not really me. I don't really do too much perusing, if you will, um, outside of the shit I'm going to get into. I'm either going to go someplace because it's always been a point of curiosity for me, or it's just in the budget i don't necessarily have too much rhyme or reason for the most part with um the places that i choose to go however virginia is actually some place that i have quite a number of family members so i started going to virginia like years ago um back in my uh young thought and about days Um, had a good time, had a good freaking time visiting friends and family. And I'd mentioned prior that before I left the country, I didn't leave the country until I was 30. So I started a little bit later in life. But prior to that, I did a lot of traveling where I would end up um, either driving or flying and staying with friends and family. So Virginia is one of those places. One of my favorite cousins lives in Virginia. Hey, Brandy. Um, And so I would visit her quite a bit. Um so Virginia to me is not some place that I ever would have looked up cuz why? What the fuck do I really want to know about Virginia? But since I've been there and you know, it's recently come across the dome, I figured let's actually do a Google about the Virginias. And um couple of weird things i'll put the link to the website that i actually use what is this only only in your also as a, a side note these are just google searches this is not academically peer um searched or researched or anything like that so these are fun facts i'm not doing um peer-reviewed and um What's the word? What's the sentiment more so? Um, It's a cursory Google search, folks. So take with that the information. um, I don't want to say with a grain of salt. This is interesting shit, not life-changing shit, if you will. Weird things, right? You following? So Virginia. More than half of all U.S. residents live within 500 miles of Virginia. Um, So When you think about it, it absolutely makes perfect sense because East Coast. Um, Now, I am no, I don't want to say I'm not a history buff because I do really enjoy history, Um, but I'm no geography buff. I have a shit sense of direction and left, right, up, down, northwest, east, south is about as directional as I'm going to get. You feel me? Um, That whole go back the way you came doesn't work. I need detailed description, uh, directions both ways, but it follows if you, if you, uh, hear me out here, I think the East coast is just more densely populated when you start getting Midwest and then you've got States, um, that just have more expansive, like, um, outdoor regions, if you will, then I could see why you're not going to have, um, that much going on. So their detailed uh further through was we know the east coast is heavily populated. Yes. But Virginia is in the heart of it all. Most people in the country can get to Virginia within a day's drive and more than 60% live within a day's drive of the capital city, Richmond. So, um a good number of y'all are actually in the market if you don't know already for my road trip pack i have a list of itineraries for six cities that you can visit easily from new york by car and uh virginia is on that list so feel free to peruse your way down to the description box and holler at that link if you happen to be part of that demographic that is on the east coast and very close to virginia Check it out. You might be interested in going to one of the cities that is along well that is in the um road trip packet. Um next is the Pentagon is the largest office building in the world and has twice the office space of the Empire State Building. That shit was wild to me. I um live in New York I, have I been in Empire State Building? I don't think I've been in the Empire State Building, but it's like one of those things like, why? Why? I think that people who live in the States, this might be a gross estimation and it could just be me projecting. But do we go to the touristy things in our own locations like in our own cities in our own states in our own towns are we doing the touristy things um i'm wondering if that is a poll i should take because i'd be clear i'd be really curious at least as to what you guys do to travel and shit listeners do you do touristy shit in the places that you live i am curious about um that poll to take i'm gonna search that out and remind myself in the um What is that? The, not the captions, transcript. That was the next one that I had here for y'all. And that's another thing. I think that when we think of the Pentagon, we think of like defense and national security and shit like that. And we forget that that is inclusive of office spaces. Like it's not just, uh, security isn't, just i guess you can consider it maybe naval bases or army bases you know like military bases um police stations i don't think the average person thinks of a police station as a office building but i can see how you would equate a police station pentagon like i couldn't tell you what the fuck they really do at the pentagon but it makes sense that they're fucking office spaces. I don't necessarily know if they do any type of weapons training. I don't know if they do, um, like scenario training or stuff like that would require them to have, like, big non office spaces to be used. But when you think, it makes sense. If you don't think about it, it makes sense. That's another one of my, um, d phrases that we love in this household, I sometimes say some of the strangest things that I myself have heard and couldn't tell you where a lot of the shit come from, but that's one of my favorites one if you that's one of my favorite ones if you don't think about it, it makes sense, and being a large office building is not i can't see it even in the future being on my bing, bingo card um wasn't in the past was, can't see being in the future but it does track. Next tip, not tip, but next fact that I have, and we're putting air quote in fact, I mean, I believe all the shit, but I mean, again, did I fact check? No, I was just entertained. And that's why we're here. Um, The next one that I have is Colonial Williamsburg is the largest living history museum the Louvre in Paris, the world's largest museum, could fit in colonial Williamsburg 20 times over with room to spare. Now the distinguishing factor is Living History Museum. And that makes sense. We went to, um, yes, it was in California, Town. That's what it was. We went to Pioneertown and in my mind, that's what it's going to look like in uh colonial Williamsburg, but pioneer town was so dry. Like it was kind of, kind of boring. It made for some really cute picks. I got some great flicks out there. However, in the larger like scope of things, I can't say that I wasn't expecting more from pioneer town. So I, never having been to, um, colonial Williamsburg either, can't say that I anticipate or expect more, but, um, I don't fucking know, but I get that it is got to be ridiculously expansive and it's probably because it's a living history museum because they do, where was the expanded version They do a lot of reenactments and shit. And we'll get to that in a second. So it says, um, here we go. Covering 301 acres, the historic area of Williamsburg includes hundreds of restored, replicated, and rebuilt structures, including homes, businesses, and political buildings. Um, They work, staff members in the area um, work as guides and costumed interpreters to bring us the tales of colonial people i'm um and then they get into the cosplaying thing here yeah so what it says is the tales of colonial men and women including black white native american slave indentured and free and in both historical and modern day contexts i don't know how that's supposed to look modern day and historical contexts like in the same space. Um, Maybe that makes sense to someone. I'm certain that there's probably a way that it makes sense. I personally can't see it. I have always wondered whether or not I would go to one of these um, reenactment towns, if you will. I don't think so. I would now hear me out. I would love, I've always loved fantasy, like the worlds of, what is the world? What is the word? Um, Not cosplaying, but cosplaying. Is it cosplay? Like when you go to, ah, damn. Um, It's kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing. What is it called? Let me see what cosplaying actually means. okay i mean i guess that kind of counts um like if you go to cosplayer, let me see yeah cosplay cosplay is an activity and performance art in which participants call cosplayers wear costumes and fashion accessories to represent a specific character because it's not just the specific character it's kind of like when they do there was a whole supernatural episode about it um with charlie and well i think that's the episode they were introduced to charlie in uh also one of my favorite characters, in Supernatural. Put that on your bingo card of facts about me that you did not need to know. Supernatural is one of my favorite shows. Charlie and Crowley happen to be two of my favorite characters. Um, but it's kind of like when it's role-playing, cosplaying, but they do um, like in different eras. Like you'll dress up as um, the king, the queen. You'll uh, dress up as like the knight, the shining arbor, And then you have like the different, groups of people that come and then like they'll do the the play fighting and shit like that. So, I actually would like to do something like that. And I know there's a fucking phrase for it right now and it's not probably going to come to me until I stop recording, which is really frustrating, but I would like to do something of that nature. But I don't want to deal with any of the racial shit that goes with it. And there has been no era of this world that I have ever heard about where the racial things weren't a thing. So for me, even if there was a subsect of history, a location, place, and time that you could carve out that didn't have any racial tensions going on. The people that are interacting with it come from a time and place where they're motherfucking are. So I don't trust that I would be able to, um, fully interact, if you will, with the, um, the role-playing, not the role-playing. Um, that sounds very sexual and that's not what I'm getting at. I don't think that I would be able to fall into character, if you will. I guess it would depends on what the character is. But um, that's some shit that I would want to do. I just don't trust other people. I don't trust the people that would be involved with it to not make it weird. And if we were to make it like an all-black thing, that would be cool. But then um, is it historically accurate? No, but it'd probably be a lot more fun that way. So that's actually something to consider. Pin in that. But historical like reenactments i wouldn't want to go to like a civil war reenactment P- shout out to um there's also a psych episode uh where they do um one of those reenactment things and it's mm, like it's really 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 the other people involved in it that kind of t- make me want to remove myself from it and i don't necessarily want to hear like a whitewashed version of the reinterpretation of what was going on in the era because they're going to make the white people are going to make it fun for themselves because consumerism capitalism you want to be able to get as many people as possible and unfortunately an accurate and um you know um i don't want to say fair but an accurate and truthful representation of history is not necessarily um something that a lot of American people, if you will, would necessarily gravitate to en mass for something as big as Colonial Williamsburg has got to be if the Louvre can fit inside of it multiple times over and still have space. So I, um, you know, pin in whether or not that's something I would do. I am hellbent. I don't want to say hell bent because that's a bit extreme. Like I might change my mind at some point in the future, but I'm pretty certain that I would not want to visit this uh, this location. I don't want to um, see or kind of hear what they kind of think um, that era of history was like. was the next point. Okay. Next one was Virginia beach has the launch, the longest stretch of pleasure beach in the world. It's 35 miles of coastline and, uh, Virginia beach has the Guinness world record to prove it. I've never been to the beach in Virginia. I don't, I know I've never been to Virginia beach. Well, I've been to Virginia beach, but not like the beach at Virginia beach. I, um, Yeah, I've never been to nope. Mm-mm. No. The only states I have been to the beach at are New York, New Jersey, Florida, California, Rhode Island. That's it. I don't think I've been to any other state beaches. And it's interesting to me that Virginia has the longest stretch of Pleasure Beach. Ooh, I think that might be the distinguishing difference difference because while there are a ton of coastal states and cities here, um, especially the islands, I would have thought, well, why wouldn't an island have the, mo- like the largest, uh, the longest stretch of Pleasure Beach, but they may be interrupted. So I think it's because the actual beach is, un- I'm thinking that it's uninterrupted. I think that to me has to be the distinguishing difference because you've got Rhode Island, you've got Long Island, and not to say that there, I mean, yes, there is is beach along all of them, but they're not all accessible. A lot of um, beach areas or places where the land meets the water aren't beach in the sense where beach, sand, you know, like people can walk to the shore kind of thing. A lot of times it's just rocks and water and shit. So that being the case, I guess it could be believable that Virginia Beach, and it's not like my thinking, maybe somebody else might have it is gonna make the difference. I just think that um, was actually uh, surprising to me that it was Virginia Beach that had the longest beach. And this one is, um, this came from another website, I wanna say, this last tip, but it was actually really interesting to me because my grandparents used to take us to the area uh, when we were kids. So Virginia has the world's only oyster museum go fucking figure. I personally love oysters. I can't say that I'd be interested in an oyster museum because why? Um, but the oyster maritime museum of Chincotee Island is the only one of its sort. And so when I saw a chinkety, I was just like, first of all, I just looked at, it, I was like, it's long as hell. And then I'm like, Oh shit. I know that word Chincotee because it looks like something that it doesn't look the way it sounds. So this is how you spell Chincotee. C H I N C O T E A G U E. So I get, well, when when you spell it out loud, it's just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I never hear anyone talking about chinkity. And my grandparents used to have a, um, like a trailer, um, like an RV. And it was in like a trailer park, an RV park where people would just like leave their trailers there. And it was like their vacation trailer because like we have, we live in New York. My grandparents also lived in New York, but they had for some reason, I don't even know how they ended up with it. They since sold it. They don't have it anymore. But there used to be like an RV and it turns out there was also like a bunch of, I guess you could say, I don't say sp- land or space but there were like community areas community centers and like little parks and shit where kids could go play i didn't know about all that shit till like the last year that i went there so when i finally went i was a little fucking disappointed because i was like so y'all been bringing me here all these years and we've never gone to actually play where there's like places to play and i was mind blown but um i have a lot of really good memories uh from a couple of those summers and what does it say given the range of oyster fest festivals also held in the state it's clear that virginia has deep connection to the um bivalve mollusk we're not exactly sure what to do with this information but we're darn proud of it i'm sure y'all are um but i don't even know what the fuck you're going to talk about at an oyster museum but chinkity. i um read matilda there And I think I finished it in time to actually watch the movie. Did I watch the movie at the same time? Or was it that I read the book before the movie, like years before the movie came? I don't remember. But either way, I know I read the book out there and I used to get so tickled by like how many little compartments were in the trailer, like the table converted into a bed. There was also like a bed that was over like a couch that pulled out to a bed. And I think there was even like a bedroom in the back. It was the coolest thing to seven-year-old, nine-year-old me. Um, but, Shout out to those childhood memories and road trips with my grandparents. Um, So those were the one, two, three, four, five little tips, um, weird things about Virginia that stood out to me. And um, I encourage you guys to tickle yourselves. And there's a lot of weird fucking information. And by weird, I mean useless. What are we doing with most of this information? Bingo card. It's uh Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I'm certain there's gonna be another game show. Um I'm gonna write that down because I feel like there's an episode in there. I love a good game show. Shout out to Kiki Palmer. I think it was the first woman who won in 15 years, right, for a game show host. But um mm -hmm. congrats. Game shows jot it down. Um so Listener questions now. Okay, first one. Hi Anna. This one is where can a single lady go on vacay without being afraid for her life? Um that is a sentiment that I have heard a few times from multiple people. Um and I am going to also work on, I think I have one already, but I need to make sure that it doesn't need to be updated, but I'm going to put together a playlist that would be great for newer travels, travelers, travelers that are still a little scary that um, may have only gone short distances or are just apprehensive about it in whatever respect it may be. I'm going to put together a uh, playlist of episodes that are, um, encouraging and also give a lot of new traveler uh tippets and information so that at some point will be updated i'm a i'm pretty certain that i have one already so i'll drop the what's there in the link but i don't think that i have i mean in the description box excuse me but I don't think that I've updated the list but uh there is an existing one so I'll put what's there in the description box but what I would say in fairness you don't know what you don't know right so until you actually get out there and experience some things you don't necessarily know that it's not scary so I respect where you are um and I don't want to say oh well you know you do this and you do that and so it's all fine well if if you're apprehensive you're apprehensive and trying to, um, you know, quell that I don't think is like a great starting point to getting past it and actually getting out there to travel. What I would say, um, in terms of where you can go, especially considering like not, we're not all on the East coast. We're not all Northeast. We're not all um, Southeast, Northwest, wherever. Um, shout out to Indonesia. I'm doing pretty well in Indonesia somehow. What's up to you guys? Please slide through and say hi. Um, But wherever you are, I would say the one place that you can go without being afraid for your life is your own neighborhood. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, Start there. If you are unwilling to make, say, a large jump, always start with the small jump. Go someplace where you feel familiar and do something different. Start by going to places in your own neighborhood that you've never been to. Start going to new restaurants. Start going to more things by yourself and things that you would traditionally do with people. But like, for example... Things saying something like go do some things by yourself. Well, well, I go to the doctors by myself, I go grocery shopping by myself, I get my nails done by myself, but do you go to the movies by yourself? Do you go to eat by yourself? Um, do you go to concerts, sporting events? Do you go to um uh like live events, music, theater? Find something that you may traditionally say, I want a partner or a friend or, um, you know, somebody to come with me to and start doing those things by yourself. Try going to a new restaurant in your own city. Start going to, you know, events and things that are in your own neighborhood. So you just start feeling better by yourself, right? Once you get past the whole being by yourself part, I would raise your by yourself and take it a step further and go someplace that is neighboring. If you're not ready to jump, if you're in the States and you're not ready to say jump to a neighboring state, do a neighboring city. If you are in a larger state, try probably going two hours away from where you are. Consider doing something that you will still have um, the most control over. That may look like driving yourself. That may look like choosing a local, like maybe two, three hours away, but choosing a destination that has multiple itineraries. So if you're going to take a bus or a train, I know in New York, we have a ton of Greyhound buses that will get you to a lot of neighboring cities. Try going to someplace that has multiple itineraries. Like you don't want to go someplace that only has like one bus or one train out of the week so that you end up being stuck in the place longer than you want to be. Should you change your mind and want to come the fuck back home? So I would suggest one, doing things by yourself and. Going small, keep your circle small, go local Two, branching out a little bit further from local and going to places that are either cities that are maybe two hours away, um, three hours away and not even necessarily doing an overnight trip if you're not there yet. Um, Another consideration is if you are willing to jump a little bit further faster, try going someplace where you do know somebody, but you would have the luxury of actually doing some things by yourself. For example, if you have friends or family that do live um, close enough, but, you know, I don't necessarily... um, you know, see you often because it's a bit of a trek to get to you, go visit that friend, go visit that family member. And this way you will have some place to, you'll have the experience of getting there and getting back on your own, but you will have somebody there waiting for you to kind of, you know, ease and buffer into going someplace because it's easy to say, um, oh, well, I loved Nashville. I didn't, but like, let's just say Nashville, right? Tons of people fucking love Nashville. I have yet to have a great, loving it, I'm gonna do this more often Nashville experience. Every time I've gone to Montreal, that has been my experience. I have loved Montreal every single time I have been. And I'd say I've been to Montreal and Nashville probably the same amount of times. Um, however, conditions for each uh, visit were different, um, reasons for being there, areas. You know, I, there are multitude of reasons why different places ended up working out uh differently but i I hesitate to give a particular city or a state because everybody's experience is going to be different the way a black woman experiences west virginia isn't necessarily going to be the way that a non-black woman experiences west virginia so me saying um you know to try this place or try that place not really comfortable jumping into it in that way because of, um, those idiosyncrasies, those little nuances in, um, the way different people experience things. Um, so I'm thinking more relational, right? That regardless of necessarily how you identify, how you present to the world, how the world sees you outside of how you see the world, situational things like that can lend themselves to being more similar across different presentations. So I, again, say I don't necessarily want to give you um, cities because then you have people who are from small towns who are a little bit apprehensive about larger towns and people from larger towns that are a little apprehensive about small towns. I personally... Um, I'm a little iffy on small towns because I know some, um, if nothing else, there is a bit more safety and diversity to me. When you have more people, you are more likely to have different people. So the different people are, um, more, uh, don't want to say welcoming, but more used to seeing people that don't necessarily look like them. So for me, that is an experience that may be a little bit easier to work my way through um, than someplace where I'm in a very monolithic area and they don't have outsiders come in and they're not used to seeing people that look like them. And that could be in a situation where the people do look like me or the people don't look like me. That's what I mean by, um, you know, different strokes for different folks. Like people are going to be perceived differently for different reasons. So um, I personally am not uh, the biggest uh, fan of small cities without purpose. Like if I need to be in a small city, but I have a specific purpose for being there and I know I'm going from point A to point B or I'm secure in the little things that I'm doing outside of just free exploration, then I don't mind small cities. right? But I feel more comfortable where I know the population is a bit more diverse just because I feel like I'm going to have fewer people in my fucking business. Um, That is the way me from a big city, New York, personally feel. Um, And a lot of people don't have that same experience. So um, I would say that that is also something to consider when looking for Uh, locations that are relatively near for you to try out. So that is also something that I would have you, um, put on your short roster of places to consider going if you're a little apprehensive about, um, your safety. So I would say the easiest way that I could perceive doing that is going to a city that is similar to what you are used to. If you're used to small town, if you're used to big town, go to another small town or a large town that is near where you are, that just isn't where you are. Um, Outside of that, I would always suggest going places where uh, you, because feeling safe is the operative here. You may objectively be more safe in one place or another. You can look up crime stats. You can look up those statistics, right? But feeling safe and actually being safe are two different things. Everybody swears New York, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people swear that New York is like the hotbed seat of crime, but it's actually one of the safest cities for its size. There are millions of people that live here. So when you think about, you know, things like that, you have to kind of pinpoint where you are in your fear. You also, another one I like to um, jump on to remind you guys is, Do your best to identify what and why you are apprehensive or I don't like saying afraid of um, because I feel like afraid has a negative connotation where there is um, a lot of times people will say afraid and have the idea that it's based in nothing. And I don't like to necessarily, especially in this context, in this setting, I don't necessarily want to say that fears are pointless or that they are uh, without reason or that you're being irrational because a lot of those fears are sound. There's a reason why you may be apprehensive about going someplace because your personal safety fucking matters, right? So um, if you can identify what in why you are apprehensive is it because you're not used to big cities is it because you're not used to small cities is it because you're by yourself so if it's because you're going to be by yourself run back and consider doing things by yourself more so that you can kind of dis um Dissipate that fear. If you can quell being afraid of being by yourself in in situations, then that may encourage you to travel more. And you may be surprised that you may be okay with going someplace so much further because it's someplace that you are interested in going. If you're no longer as afraid of doing things by yourself, give yourself that encouragement and that confidence that you need by doing that. If you know that it is because you are not really accustomed to, you know, going to big cities, try just going to someplace that's a little more crowded in the place that you actually are and then work your way up to going to someplace that is nearby that may be a little bit busier and then work your way to another state. Um, And to wrap that sentiment up, I would say talk to someone and by someone you have to be a little bit discerning about this one right because while there are people that we know love and trust that we are comfortable asking for their advice on you might want to go with someone that is going to be sensitive to how you interpret information Here, example my parents love them both my mom so much better at navigating emotions, and just like the reason, like you don't necessarily have to ah uh, words and ideas. It makes perfect sense in my head, but actually trying to get it out in words to you guys sometimes brings me pause my mom is much better at managing like feelings and emotions and like i can call my mom when i'm stressed about something and my mom will be gentle with me my mom will kind of like all right so well what what why why are we here what are we doing um she's not going to just tell me you know suck it up or but you'll be fine my dad on the other hand will say well how about you call me back when you pull yourself together or um you know what else what is another good dad one um Uh, Why are you mad? Uh, Well, like, you're fine. Like, that's nothing to be mad about. Or that's not, why would you be mad about that? So it's just like, it doesn't necessarily honor the fact that it doesn't matter that you personally wouldn't be upset about it. The person that you're talking to is being is upset about it. So those are the two things I'm talking about. I know they both fucking love the shit out of me. I know they both would end the fucking world for me. But they both kind of manage things differently. I know if I want something done, I'm going to call my dad. Hey dad, can you do this for me? Can you help me with this? Like in terms of lift things up, put things down, can you take me here, do those kind of things, right? But if I know that I need to talk something out with somebody or if I need like a really sound advice or opinion or something, I'm going to call my mom because I know that she is going to for the most part, girl, we've had our we've had our times. But for the most part, my mom is so much better at talking to me more in a fashion um that i am going to be more receptive of she'll be more patient with how i feel about something and um communicate with me in a way that um, honors those feelings right so when you talk to somebody you want to talk to somebody that is either going to be patient with you if it's something that you are um like if you are someone that does gentle love um Or if you were someone that does tough love, some people respond to get your fat ass up and do the run, do the run, do it. I believe in you. Some people respond well to that. I don't. I respond well to gentle encouragement. You know what? Bitch, you look good today. And guess what? You could look even better tomorrow. So let's keep going because we're going to look as good as we're going to feel. And we're going to keep walking. We're going to walk and then we're going to jog and then we're going to run. You see what I'm saying? No what you are in the space for. Do you need someone to coddle? Do you need someone to listen to you, hear you out and guide you slowly through a response? Or do you need somebody that's gonna be like, all right, B, you're wildin', here's why. Find those two people in your life or find that one person in your life, depending on what it is you need and talk to them about what you are afraid of in particular. I will never forget, I was leaving, um, The country for the second time. First time I only went to Bermuda. I live in New York. It's maybe a three hour flight away. The second time I traveled was actually, I think might've been to Casablanca. And then after that, I believe I went to Thailand. So I was going the furthest that i had ever been in my life. I still think possibly the furthest that I'd ever been. Um, I don't know which is further, Thailand or Bali, but either way, the shits are both far. And when I tell you it hit me so hard in that airport, like, yo, my mom can't just pop up in Africa if I need fucking help. And I had almost maybe a little anxiety attack or a little panic attack. And I'm like heaving i'm breathing extra hard and i'm like crying trying not to ball and sob but i'm sitting in the airport crying and i'm just like yo i gotta I, i gotta call my friend and i called my friend and i got on the phone with him and he was like so talk to me though like why are you afraid about it like talk to me like tell me why you're scared of this like you've you've left the country before like you've traveled before you've been things before you do mad shit by yourself like walk me through this And he really did a good job of having me finger point what I was afraid of. And I realized there was nothing really that I could put my finger on. I was just anxious. I was just worried because I hadn't done it before. And that was probably it because I hadn't done it before because I hadn't gone that far. I wasn't worried about not being someplace where people spoke the same language. I wasn't worried about people not looking like me. I wasn't worried about having to drive myself anywhere because I wasn't driving anywhere. So I was going through things that I wasn't afraid of. And then I was actually thinking about some of the things that I have done scared. I reminded myself that I had done things before scared. I reminded myself that I was going to do more things scared when I got back home. And so like that conversation and in that moment, getting the response that I needed, I didn't need tough love I didn't need uh gentle love. I needed patient and listening love. And that is actually exactly what I got. So think about where you are in the moment and think about someone in your life that you can reach out to that you can talk it out, do a little volley back and forth with and see if you can pinpoint what and why you are afraid. And that, my dear friend, that my love is how you can go on vacation and where you can go on vacation without being afraid of your life. You've got to pinpoint what it is that is having you be so afraid and work through that. Um, so I'm going to do just the one question today. Um, and also as a note, if you are not familiar, when I use your question, I send you free merch. So when I drop the prompt, respond to the DM, um, Travel and shit. It's uh, T-R-A-V-E-L, the letter N-S-H underscore T on Instagram. The prompt is there on Fridays. It's, and it's in my stories. It's a prompt in my stories. Drop in your questions and um, I will answer them on a future question. So Anna, I want to reach out to you and uh, send you the link for you to get your free merch. Um, I hope That in particular was helpful to you, girl, and to anyone else who may have needed that because I'm certain that many of you have travel on your list of 2024 resolutions or even just getting outside of your own head in terms of other shit. It doesn't necessarily have to be travel shit because, again, I like to remind y'all every episode in some form or fashion that travel is more than vacation it is so so much more and a lot of the sentiments a lot of the thought processes and feelings that we have around travel apply to shit in our regular lives you're scared you're worried about something new regular life you are looking to try something different looking for relax looking for something exciting regular life all those things, there are parallels in it all. And I encourage you to remember that there are parallels so that you can more thoroughly enrich and experience yourself in the ways that travel tends to highlight when we are abroad in the most beautiful ways when we are back home. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll see you kids next week. Bye.